Welcome to the Movie Lab. This is Michael. And I'm Damien. And today, Damien, we're here to do part six in our Mission Impossible series with Mission Impossible Fallout. Yep, and uh, so for the last few weeks, you know, we've been watching and reviewing the all of the Mission Impossible films leading up to the release of this one. And uh, i got to say, looking back on it, I think they've uh, just always gotten better as we've gone through the series. I think you're in agreement with that, yeah? Yeah, for the most part, I'm in agreement with that. I didn't recommend the first one, but since then, I've recommended everyone so far. And I would agree, they've, they have slowly gotten better and better. And this series, I think, has found its footing as it's gone. And I think as as when we got to about the third movie, um, that that's when the... I, we'll, we'll just go back over it a little bit, because I think the first film was a sort of a noir spy film. It was like a lot more, very much focused on like spy kind of... Yeah, that old school kind of idea, very espionage. Lots of plot twists. You know, yeah, double Uh, crossing all that. The second one is more of a cheesy James Bond ripoff, and (laughs) that was a very strange direction for the series to go in. The third one becomes a a flat-out action film, and I'd say the same for the fourth and the fifth. And here we are at the sixth, and well, we're about to speak to that about that now. We should go... Before we go any further, I'll just note that this is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the film, just take that into account. You might want to watch it and then listen to this, or if you don't care, you can just keep listening. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is directed by Christopher McQuarrie. This is the first time a director's actually returned for a Mission Impossible film. So, really? Yeah, uh, yeah. Which one did they do before the the previous one? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Return um, Coming back from Rogue Nation. Okay. It stars Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames, Rebecca Ferguson, and Sean Harris. No Jeremy Renner this time. No, he's gone. He's gone. No, no explanation for yeah, why he's, he's gone either. There. He's just not there. We didn't need him. Now, uh, okay, so going into this one, I think the focus of these films uh, has been largely on the action set pieces, and I'd say that's probably prevalent from the third one onwards. So we've had not so much a focus on the plot, but uh, or, or building up the characters, but more focus on just how crazy and intense can we make these action scenes. So we've seen a lot of really great filmmaking, but not necessarily great storytelling. And, you know, I think while most of them have been good experiences, uh, and, and certainly in a theatre, it's not they're not always necessarily memorable ones. And, and some of my criticisms of even the, the Mission Impossible films that I've liked is that a lot of them have been a little bit episodic and, and maybe even a little bit forgettable for me because I'm more of a you know story and character sort of person rather than a big action film kind of guy. So that that's sort of where most of my problems have, have lied with this film. And uh, I, I've been surprised to note because before, I mean, you're the one who suggested that we do this series and I thought that was a good idea because it wasn't one that I was terribly familiar with. But it was one that I'd always sort of, I, I mean, I knew that it had... That most of the reviews for these films were quite strong, and and I thought, well, this would be a good opportunity to watch some new films in a genre that I'm not generally that crazy about. And I'm surprised, just doing a bit of research for some of these podcasts, and and listening to some other podcasts on these films, I've been surprised at just how much of a following they have, and and how many people considered this one, Mission Impossible Fallout, to be their most anticipated film for the year. Like, this is a really hyped up series that has some serious following. And I can see why, because if you like action films, most of these films have been top-notch, and that they are famous for some of their action set pieces and stunt work, and, and some of the things that Tom Cruise has been able to pull off in, in these films has been amazing. And some of the filmmaking has just been brilliant in terms of 
uh, pure action filmmaking. So going into this one, I'm sort of expecting more of the same, and that is to that I've I've enjoyed most of these films, but uh, none of them have really just for me, and I, I guess because it's not really my genre, none of them have really um, really stayed in my memory too long. I, I I barely remember the plot for the last two, to be honest, and uh, and that's not to say that they're not good films. It's just that, uh, again, they focus more on action set pieces. And I remember those, but I, I barely remember the plot and the characters have never meant much to me. But So going that one into this one, that, that's how I mainly felt. But we'll see how what my thoughts were on it. So, Damien, what were your thoughts going into, into this film? Uh, so going into this film, I was, um, well, besides, I was actually having that problem trying to remember the plots of the last few films. I was getting Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol mixed up a lot of the... Who the villain was at the end and whatnot. Yep. Um, but yeah, then uh, going, you know, I watched the trailers. Trailers, you know, got me pretty excited for it because it looked really, you know, big and bombastic. Uh, I was a little worried because in the trailers, you can see on the, you see like that news report of like nukes detonated in there. And the reason I was worried about that is because I didn't like it in, I think it was Ghost Protocol when they blew up the Kremlin because that felt like it was just a bit much. So, them having a nuke detonate would feel like even more. And so that was like one of the only things I was really worried about. But other than that, I was really excited to see just like how much more, you know, how much more they can bring to the series in terms of action and whatnot. And, you know, like the story has never been the big strong point, but I was excited that the um, villain from Rogue Nation was coming back because I thought he was really, you know, just well, well done and interesting. Yeah, well, well, a lot of this film... Uh, the plot of this film does follow on from the previous one, Rogue Nation, which is something that is a bit different. And as I said earlier, we've got a, the same writer and director from the previous film, so that's probably where that's come from. And it 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 does call back to Rogue Nation, but it also actually calls back to a lot of the other Mission Impossible films um, in the franchise as it goes, with some characters returning from previous films. Like all the other films, uh, this plot is very complicated. There are so many dealings and so many twists, and it really it strains your brain to understand who's buying what, who's selling what, who's in cahoots with what. I think at one point I, there's like three, you know, character portrayals in like one scene. You know, like um, well, we can talk about because it it's spoiler cast, but you know, when they're um, when they're planning to give over the um, the bad guy um, in London, is it? Yeah, in London. There's like Solomon Lane. Yeah, when they yep. plan to give him over, there's like they double cross, you know, Henry Cavill, and then they double cross, then they're double crossed by the CIA, and then they double cross, then the CIA double crossed by Henry Cavill, and it's like all in that one scene, and you just kind of go, what is going on there? Yeah, I think if you, if you try your best, you can follow it, but to be honest, I found in after we get to the th- by the time we get to the third act of the film, most of the dealings that happen in the first two acts are actually not that important. Yeah. Um and it's all about getting this plutonium uh, or you know, stopping Solomon Lane from, you know, using the plutonium. So, uh it, it is a bit of a strange plot in in regards to that, but you know, I mean <laughs> Overall, as I said in, in the intro, and this is this film's no different, it's not so much about the plot. I mean, the plot, you can follow the basic plot. In terms of specifics, that, that stuff's a little bit hard to follow when you really do have to pay attention, but you can follow the basic premise of the film. Someone's stolen plutonium, they need to get the plutonium back. 
Yeah. That's basically what you're there. All you really need to know. I don't know why they overcomplicate it. I think that's something that I think that is more of a callback to the first film and spy film fans in general. They like convoluted plots or plots that are, um, have got a lot of detail to them and have a lot of twists and turns. And I, I think that's where it's coming from. But at this point in the series, you know, given that the action is the main attraction for everybody, I'm not sure why they continue with the trope of having the overcomplicated plot, but it's there. It's not something that really bothers me anymore. <laughs> I think in six films in, I just sort of come to expect it. And as I said, although the plot is quite complicated, you can you you don't need to understand everything to follow the film and be fine with it. And that's how I felt anyway. And I, I think I think you feel the same. I think overall, though, I think they, just, they visually you understand what's going on enough that even if you're not paying super well attention, you'll understand how the plot is going on at the moment. All right, let's talk about Tom Cruise because I think for the first time in a film, and this seems a little harsh, he he, he is looking a bit older. And, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's doing all these stunts. So, I mean... Well, he really, he like really hurt the, his ankle in this. He like rolled it off. Yeah, he broke his, his uh, something. He broke his ankle from doing like, one of the stunts. Yeah. Uh, and he's a little bit insane. He actually does nearly all those stunts. I was surprised to hear he actually did do the, um, the what do you call it, the halo jump scene. That, that actually was Tom Cruise. He oh, really? did Yes, he did. It wasn't Henry Cavill, but um, but Tom Cruise actually did that, that scene. So that was, you know, this guy's a pretty full-on dedicated actor. And you've really got to, I don't know if you've got to respect it, but you've at least got to admire it from a, yeah. a, a, on some level. And uh, and, and I just the, uh, getting back to my original point, Damien, uh, the, the fact that he's looking older at the moment, I guess in some ways it does sort of test your belief that, that he could actually be doing all of these things. But, I mean, on the other hand, Tom Cruise, the stuntman, is actually pulling off all of these stunts. So uh, I'm not sure how much it really bothered me, but it, it it's just something that I took note of that Tom Cruise, this guy who's been a movie star for how long now, uh, is is for the first time I think in films starting to look like a bit of an older man, and uh, and given that we've watched all of these films in sequence, that was just something that that I noticed. Yeah, I mean, he's if you look at him from like the first one to this one, he looks a bit weirdly saying he looks a bit baby faced in the first one, which is strange because you know he wasn't he wasn't exactly young when the first one came out either. Henry Cavill, I thought was great in this film, or Henry Cavill. I've been having a little bit of a debate over how you actually pronounce yeah, his it's name. But one of the other. Yeah, he was great. He wasn't what I expected either. I mean, yeah, I, the I, trailers kind of misled you a bit there. I thought the trailers for this film were fantastic, and you know, the trailer didn't give away too much in regards to his character. But from the trailer, I got the impression that he was going to be this super assassin or super hitman that yeah. was uh, Ethan Hunt's equal which he was in some ways but mostly he was more of a he had this sort of reckless trigger happy secret agent thing going on where he had a bit of an edge to him and he was different from ethan uh the trailer gave away uh i think the the trailer gave away the twist that he would eventually turn into a bad guy and become ethan's uh enemy but at at the beginning he he comes across as a, a sort of a clumsy sidekick he's mm. a bit dumb I'm not, i don't know if dumb is going a bit far but they almost he, portray him as a bit blundering yeah which i thought was strange but i think it made a lot more sense once you realize how the twist plays out do you think this has anything to do with tom cruise and his need to be the only competent one in the film or that the superhero in the film because 
He was definitely not as competent as Ethan Hunt was in the film. And I wonder whether that was the Tom... You know, people always complain about Tom Cruise and the Tom Cruise influence on film. And every Tom Cruise film just stinks of Tom Cruise. <laughs> and that is that Tom Cruise is the one and only saviour and no one can be his equal. Uh, no, I didn't really get that impression. I just felt like it made more sense thinking about it in the context of him being the bad guy, that he would be kind of, you know, kind of trying to subvert Hunt at every level. Although, it, the, I will say the Halo jump scene did feel a bit more just, like, reckless, because pretty sure he would have just died if, you know, Hunt hadn't saved him, so... There yeah. were, you know... um, there was a bit of Frank Grimes. I'm, talking, I'm doing a Simpsons reference here, but there was a bit of Frank yeah. Grimes about, about Henry Cavill as well, in that he keeps sort of because you know he's working with these IMF agents, and he keeps saying like things like the mask, like that wouldn't work. Like really, anyone would fall for that. There, was, there were a lot of scenes where he was sort of questioning their methods and and what are we doing here? And you know, you're not really like you know how Frank yeah. Grimes does that in the Simpsons. Yeah. Or he's just he's new to the nuclear power plant. And he doesn't realize just how how their craziness actually manages to work. Yeah, and uh, and I got that from him as well. Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames have reduced roles in this film. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. Although I did like their presence in the other films. Uh, actually, I would say Ving Rhames has a little bit more to, than he, at least more than he had to do in Ghost Protocol, which was just a couple of lines at the end. Yeah, but yeah, um, I would say. There was just one thing I didn't like they did with um, Simon Pegg's character, Benji. Yeah. Is um, just like there's one joke where, um, you know, Cruz is, run, is like running through London to catch up to uh, Henry Cavill. And then you know, Simon Pegg's like guiding him through it. And then he's like on the tablet, he gets it. He has the orientation wrong. So it's like, oops, that's the wrong way. And then he does it again. He's like, oh, I had it in 2D mode. It's the only problem I have is because in every other film and every other scene, He's been comic relief, but he's also been very competent. Like, he's, you can see why he's on the job. That just seemed a bit, like, out of character for him. Yeah, I've heard that complaint, actually. That's something that didn't even occur to me, to be honest, at the yeah. time. It's a but very right. small thing, but just, like, yeah, it is what it is. All right, well, let's talk about these action scenes, because this is the draw of the film. I think anyone who comes to see the movie... And there is a lot of these. There are a lot of really good ones. Um, the the first one, and we've spoken about it a bit already, was the halo jump. Now, as I said, that really happened. But interestingly, uh, Tom Cruise and a stuntman did this, as well as a cameraman who had a, a camera on his head was circling around. And the but but the background was actually CG uh, CGI. They did they did a jump uh, somewhere in New Zealand. I believe that was the only country that would allow them to do that. And um, and they they were falling, but the background around, like the yeah, all, all of the background around was was CGI'd in. Wow, that's yeah. a, that's pretty impressive because I didn't really notice it. To me, I was just like, I just assumed the whole thing was done on like a set somewhere, you know, and it was just all green screened in. Oh, uh, I knew a bit better than that, just knowing, yeah, going into this film and knowing Tom Cruise's history as you know wanting to push every limit as a stuntman. Yeah. That uh, that it probably was real, but this this to me seems like of nearly of all the stunts that he's done, I, I think this might be one of the more intense or one of the most dangerous. Yeah, well, because you know, skydiving, especially when you're um, you know, moving close to someone, it's very dangerous because you're moving at very high speeds, and you hear stories like someone colliding with someone else and they're just paralyzed after that. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a dangerous stunt, which is why I didn't. That's why I assumed it was on like a soundstage or something. Yeah. Well, look. Um, 
again, that was that that's very early on in the film, and it's a good way to bring Henry Cavill into it as well. And I thought it was for me. I and look, a lot of people would probably disagree with this, but I thought that was maybe of all the stunts and all the sequences um, with that, with the action. I thought that was maybe the highlight of the film. It was a really mesmerizing scene. And I, I I loved it. So yeah. uh, the next one we have is in the bathroom fight with um, Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, and uh, they're fighting the what, what was the name oh, of the I- alias. Uh, it's John something. Yeah, well, it? they were fighting him. John Lane. John. No. Oh, mate. No. No, I got that wrong. That's okay. Um, th- this is a. This was a really brutal fight scene. Yeah, I was gonna say it really. I think kind of set the tone for what they wanted the actual action and like people on people kind of action to be like. I love the way that all three fighters in this bathroom fight scene fight differently. Like Tom Cruise is. Uh, so okay. So th- we've got the. I really should have looked up his name. Um, the 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 bad guy has <laughs> a um has a is, is like a almost like a, a martial artist. Yeah. So um Henry Cavill's character is more of a like a big brutal boxer sort of character mm. that that's more reckless and uh and and Tom Cruise is kind of like a medium. Uh, in between, yeah. and I, I really like that dynamic. But yeah, this was a really brutal fight scene with lots of really hard hitting, and yeah. uh, and like you, it felt like it was really hard hitting because you know Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise, they did not feel invincible during the scene. You know, like no, they by didn't. the end of it, they're limping and they're bleeding, and just like they look like they're about to pass out. They do. You know, they're going through walls and stuff, and it really you can feel it going through there because the sound in the film is done really well to so just where like every punch and every bang into a wall you can really just feel like something's hitting there the next big big action set piece that we have is the solomon lace solomon solomon lane heist or car chase uh, this was a really good one because there was a big build-up to this particular sequence and the that, that went for quite a while and the the car chase was pretty spectacular pretty similar to the car chase in the in rogue nation the, mo- the most previous film mm. Um, but yeah, this was a really cool sequence that that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, I thought the um, just like the the build up to that scene was really good. You know, because first you have like kind of the flash forward of Tom Cruise imagining the original plan, and then like the actual execution of it, and like just the you know when they're driving up to it, waiting for the ambush, because like you know like you know that Hunt's going to try and figure out how to get out of this in some way, and you're not really sure how, and just like that tension of it building up, I thought was really well done. There was a chase sequence. Shortly after this, in which this was the chase sequence, in fact, where Tom Cruise actually broke his ankle uh, doing a, a jump from one building top to another. Um, yeah, this was a really cool scene. Um, I think uh, probably the weakest of the action sequences in the film, but that's not saying much, yeah, really, because still they're all really great. Good. Although I feel like maybe at that point it was maybe a bit, it gone on a bit long. No, I, I thought oh, no, it was I, fine. Actually, no, sorry, I'm talking about the last one. Actually, I think that one might have gone on a bit long. Yeah, well, um, the the next sequence, the the notable one, is the one I think you're referring to, is the helicopter chase scene, um, which quite a long time. That, that was that quite was, long. That was. Um, I it, don't think that one went on long. I long enough. I think that one was um, well paced. It was uh, the one I was talking about was um, actually the afterwards with when Tom Cruise is being chased by oh, what's her name. I forgot her name. I forgot her character's name too. Eyes of Faust. Eyes of Faust, yeah. And then they're... You know, the act. Yeah. Yeah. And then that whole chase sequence with her afterwards, I thought that was going on a bit long because that had just come off the whole other chase scene. So it was like two chase scenes back to back. 
Oh man, I, I was I'm remembering those as having blended in together. To well, they kind of were, but I felt like there was a bit of downtime between the both of them, mm. where it, like it felt like it was going to end, but then it just kept going. I thought the helicopter chase in the end, the one I was referring to before, was one of the better action sequences in the film. I've heard a lot of raving about this this scene in particular, but to, to me, it actually felt a little long, and uh, and and you know. Uh, I I I like the fight at the end with Henry Cavill and Mich- and um and and Tom Cruise as well. Like that was quite good. Mm. Uh, most of that was done pretty well. But uh, but yeah, look, um, you know, there was a lot of great stunt work there. We've got Tom Cruise hanging off a wire uh, or hanging off a rope that that's you know attached to a helicopter. So you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, mm. the good stuff also, that um, people love about. I'm Mich- not like Hulk. sure if it was intentional or not, but it, when um Henry Cavill's character, you know gets killed with the um, hook falling into his forehead. It kind of reminded me of like the first death scene in the first Mission Impossible in the elevator. Oh, I don't Do you, Yeah, remember. it's where um, their tech guy, he's like in the other, and he looks up and it goes like right through his eye. You're right. It kind of reminded me of that. I'm not sure if it was intentional or oh, not. I'm not sure it was a callback to that. But... but it just, it felt appropriate. Yeah. It was like the first death and the last death of the series. This film was a lot lighter on the gadgets. I thought Ghost yeah. Protocol really... Uh, up the gadgets. This one, there were barely any gadgets in the whole film. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, not that I'm bothered by that. Uh, the, the mask is something that they always bring back for every film. Mm. Uh, I, I actually really like the mask, so I'm glad they did that. Uh, we only really have one mask scene that I can think of. Uh, there were there were a couple of other times where they tried to use oh. the mask <laughs> and it didn't work. But um, you know, the the masks were. There was even a really funny part where uh, Tom Cruise and the the gang are all um, setting up to use the mask, and and oh, they have to. Um, they they yeah, they 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 suggest using the mask again for like the third time in the film, and even Henry Cavill points at that one at that point points out that you know this is getting really tired. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. It, it's it's it really cool. Him. It it does. It <laughs> tricks him. Yeah. So you know the mask is you know that that's what he gets for. Doubting making, the mask. Doubting the mask. Um, I like how this film tricks you a couple of times. There were a couple of scenes, well, three scenes in particular. One with the um, the two dream sequences, the one right at the start, uh, which, I mean, it's not really a trick. You could tell pretty early on that yeah. it was a dream, where um, where Tom Cruise is, is getting married. Um, you know, I thought that was a powerful scene and a really impressive way to start the film. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought... One of the best scenes in this film came from the second dream sequence in which Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt is imagining uh, a potential raid in which he kills uh, a, a large number of police officers or innocent ones. And I thought that was really good because did, did you fall for that? Because like, I actually felt that that was real while it was happening. Yeah, I was like, I was kind of, at first, you know, until you realize that that's obviously like Tom Cruise under there, that's the kind of the giveaway. But then, yeah, because. Because you know a lot of a lot of films will do that where they'll jump, they won't show the explanation. They'll jump right into the scene. Although I think just in general, I think these movies do a pretty good job of explaining what they want their plan to be and then doing it, which is why I was kind of suspicious of it. But overall, I thought that was really, really good scene because I feel like both of those scenes that we've mentioned really kind of go into like Ethan Hunt's psyche a bit as a character and like what motivates him, which is always kind of talked about in the film. But I think that those scenes really show it a lot and to like, you know, well, you know, his motivations and his kind of philosophy that, you know, saving one life is this is, you know, worth it. Even it's like equivalent to saving a billion. 
Yeah, and I like how Sol- Solomon Lane is sort of the opposite to that, where like he'll kill a billion to get to one person. Yeah. And he, that makes him a good foil for Ethan Hunt. And I think that that's something, particularly with the villains, that's something that was really lacking from the first few films. And they've actually really improved on that with Solomon Lane and now Henry Cavill's character as well. So uh, that that's, a, that's an improvement on some of the other films. So I, I really appreciated that. You know... Uh, <laughs> The, the the other trick scene in the film involved the TV set or the the movie set yeah. very early on in the film where one of the bombers is uh, is in a hospital bed and um, uh, Ethan Hunt and Ving Rhames are interrogating him and uh, and he you know it turned the whole it turns out that the whole thing was a setup did you pick that because I picked that fairly yeah, early I picked it also because it's a callback to a um to Mission Impossible two. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yes. Mm. You reminded me of this as we were walking out of the theatre because I'd forgotten about this too. But you're talking about, um, yeah, you're talking about the scene in which it's uh, the Mike, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. It's the you know, the doctor in a car crash thing. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was, um, yeah, it's a nice callback because I feel like this film did do take a lot of care to just kind of have those callbacks and continuity with the rest of the series, which I really like. Because, in a way, this film kind of felt like maybe it was, like, kind of the last one. I'm not sure if they're planning to do anymore, but this felt like it'd be a good, just, like, final film for the series. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, possibly, as I said, Tom Cruise is getting older. I don't think he's getting any less crazy, though, so we could see another one. I think these films are going to get... If there's going to be another one, it'll probably be fairly soon. This is the shortest, uh, shortest break between two films. The last film... Came out in 2015. This one in 2018, obviously. And but prior to that, there'd been usually a five or six year gap between all the Mission Impossible films. So, you know, I think if we're going to get another one, it'll probably be within the next couple of years because this is really Tom Cruise's big series. These are the big hits for him. Yeah. Because before this, it's the Mummy for Tom Cruise. <laughs> so or American Made. And I don't know how well that did. So yeah, if he's looking to, to have success at the box office, this is really this is his go. So I think that's why we're seeing a few more Mission well, so Impossible I think he, films. I think he really does like doing these films because he does like doing all that stunt work and he's by all accounts someone who's really big into like the technical aspect of filmmaking. So I could see him definitely wanting to keep doing these. Yeah, and look this as as I said, these action set pieces in terms of technical filmmaking, they're all magnificent. You know, this is about as good as it gets in terms of action. I think this is this probably sets a new standard in terms of action films. So, yeah, um, it really excels on that level. A couple of little gripes I have with the movie. Uh, one is, I don't know if this is so much of a gripe, but in terms of the plot, uh, the whole White Widow uh, character and scene and her and her brother... Um, I found that it sort of reminded me that that character and all the dealings with that character kind of reminded me of the the Merovingian from the Matrix Reloaded, if you remember that. I, I, I think I see what you're going for there. Yeah. Well, okay, so the, the the thing they have in in common is that they're both really cool, and they introduced some interesting characters, and it led to some really aw- awesome action scenes. But ultimately, it really had nothing to do with the plot. I, d- I don't see how, like I mean, okay, yes. Uh, um, you know, freeing Solomon Lane was a big, was a major plot point. But but those characters really had nothing to do with anything. They were more just uh, just sort of cool. So uh, I guess that's a little gripe that I have, particularly with in terms of you know story development and characters. And that, that was something I said 
even before we, we started the review or while I was talking about how I felt going into this film is that it's something that these films lack is good characters and, and plot development. And, uh, and I, I guess the other, the, the issue I had was this, you know, when the film does attempt to do this, I feel like it doesn't do that well in the form of, of Tom Cruise's wife or sorry, Ethan Hunt's wife in, in a character that I really don't care about. And, we saw her in Mission Impossible 3, and she was the major plot point of that film, so fine. But, but bringing her back in part six, when we haven't, we've scarcely seen her at all, um, it's a character that I'd sort of forgotten about. I'm not, and I, I really, I, I did not care for any of her screen time. I don't care for that character. It just felt, it felt boring when she was on screen, and I, I hope they write her out of the next one. But I've been surprised to, I mean, in other reviews that I've listened to, most people say it's a really strong part of the film, but I actually I I feel like this character is a bit. A yeah, bit I don't boring. I don't think it necessarily really added anything to the film. Like I don't I wouldn't say it took away anything. It just like I feel like if you cut out that whole sequence, I don't think the emotional impact of the following scenes or anything or like the tension would really change much. Hmm. Okay, well, Damien, we've spoken about it and we've seen it. Damien, do you recommend Mission Impossible Fallout? Yes. A hard recommend. This is probably my favorite uh, film in the series, so definitely recommend it. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. look, uh, That's uh, all I've really got to say. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure Alec Baldwin died in this film. Yes, he did. Oh, geez, we forgot all about him. Yeah. Well, well the film kind of did too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. All right. Well, look, um, you know, it's funny with all these Mission Impossible films. I found them a bit difficult to speak about, to be honest, because we've been recording these at the same time that we've been recording our Harry Potter reviews, which we're going to be releasing sh- uh, shortly. And uh, I've noticed that whenever we record one of these, or whenever we record one of the Harry Potter reviews, it's always an easy conversation, and I can I can speak about it. And there's lots of things I want to say, and and there's lots of criticism I have, and but but you know it's generally a conversation that that flows with these reviews and i've noticed this as the series has gone on i found them more difficult to speak about because i find them a little less there's there's less there um for for me so as i said earlier and i i'm just repeating myself at this point but that the, these films tend to focus a lot more on the action set pieces and the big the big stunts and and that sort of stuff is cool and I do enjoy it but I suppose I've I've realized more and more as I've as I've watched these films that um I I'm probably less of an action film guy than I thought going in because uh to me that the characters and plot development uh, um uh are more my cup of tea so I I look I I look I recommend Mission Impossible Fallout because I think it's it's good at what it is it's a it's a really good action film and it has a lot of great scenes and it's something that you definitely should see on a big screen so i think it's probably the best in the series as well so i um yeah i recommend this film uh but i i've got to say it's not something that <laughs> just like the others I, it's a little bit episodic and i feel like i will have forgotten it um if not for a couple of scenes i will have forgotten about, about this film in about a month or so so yeah look um a good film worth seeing definitely on a big screen and the best in the series and uh and yeah and i recommend it but uh i guess it's just not my genre but um but yeah i recommend yep okay well damien yeah, that's it for the yep. mission impossible series i've had fun doing this me too you know it's been good to watch a series that i've 
feel like I just kind of missed, you know? Yeah, and we've completed two series now. This is the second one. We did the Wallace and Gromit and yeah. uh, and an early man, and we've just finished Mission Impossible. We're doing Harry Potter at the moment. As I said, we're recording those, and um, and yeah, we'll have many more in the future. But that's it for this one. Next week, we're going to start the Predator series. So we're starting off with the original Predator film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. We'll see you next week for that one. But um, but that's all we have for today, and thanks for listening. Uh, Damien, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at MovieLabPod. Uh, at Facebook at the same Movie Lab Pod, and then on bleh, on SoundCloud at Movie Lab Podcast, and soon to be iTunes. Okay, good work. All right, well, we'll see you next week, and thanks for listening. <laughs>